Hey, I'm Taylor Dorson, and this is the Professional Technical Interviewee. Technical interviews are hard, and every company does them differently. On this show, I interview engineering leaders to see what they look for in technical candidates, and then they perform a real technical interview with me. I hope you enjoy. Great. Greg, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm good, man. How are you doing? Thank you for, uh, thank you for having me today. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I appreciate you being on. Um, to introduce you, guest today is Greg Walrud, who's currently an engineering manager at Acclaimant. Before that, you were at Inspire 11, and then the Nerdery is a head of software engineering for many years, um, and probably a host of other places before that. Um, did I miss anything? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, no, I mean, uh, uh, from an engineering standpoint, uh, currently at Acclaimant, um, if it, you know what what a claimant does, I guess in in the simplest terms for for your 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 listeners and and viewers here is uh, we we digitize um, all the messy you know claim stuff for companies. So if you think like you're at a company and you have to file an OSHA claim or a safety claim, uh, our world is making that all paperless. So no longer you're printing off a paper, you're you know figuring out where do you fax it to and you're getting, you know, did it make it there? Do you get it back? Um, it digitizes all of that from an employee experience. And then from a user, uh, you know, your risk manager standpoint, you know, they have the ability to then kind of monitor, track everything. We link up with different companies and things like that to, to make things go quicker. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's the whole, the whole world of, of what we do and in, in my day to day at our company is I, I, I really hate the term uh, manager but you know that's just kind of the 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 nomenclature that we have out there. But really, what I always tell folks is it's it's my job just to support all of our all of our engineers that we have on our team. You know, building our product, and really that starts with what we're talking about today is you know really helping us find you know really talented people. And then I feel like my job is to to help give them the the bumpers, you know, the processes, the tools, the training that they need to be successful. And then I just get the heck out of their way because, you know, they can do the job a hundred times better than I could ever dream of. So I like to be, once we hire folks and we have processes in place, just to be the guy behind the scenes, making sure people feel supported and can do their job successful. But outside of that, I just, you know, they're all adults. I, I stay the heck out of their way when I can. I love it. Uh, for the folks who, who want to hear about tech stacks, can you share just a little bit about um, the tech stack of the company? Yeah, yeah. So for for our uh, for our tech stack, um, we're a really big uh, closure shop. So our our whole back end is built on on closure. Our our front end is you know closure script. You know that's compiled to then you know display uh, display on the front end. Um, we we just recently um, moved over from Heroku to um, you know using AWS and and a tool called Porter uh, much more. Uh, so that's kind of the what we've recently went through. But yeah, I mean, if you're if you're um, uh, a dev that wants to get into closure or loves closure, we're that 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 place to be because that's what what uh what everything what everything is uh what everything's built in. I love it. I didn't I didn't realize that. Um, there's not a ton of closure shops in the Chicagoland area, so I, I think it's always fun when I hear about more. And I don't know, you have a. a a specific pool of people sometimes you're looking for experience closure people but i think there's so many people now who want to get into it, right or have done a little bit of it and want to do more of it right 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could get on for hours about, you know, the 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 pros and, and cons and, and uh, uh, at least from my dev side, a lot more pros. Uh, which is why you know closure was chosen uh, ch chosen in the in the first place. But like you mentioned, it does make the pool a little bit smaller. So you know recruiting becomes a little bit harder. But um, you know uh, we'll get into it in a little bit. But we actually recently started an associate you know engineering program, which has you know opened up our we, we beta tested it, and so far you know I'll give a shout out to Ted. He's uh, doing an amazing job, and uh, you know hopefully that means you know more and more folks have that opportunity or on the flip side um we also have kind of created a path like if you don't know closure um you can you know we recently hired somebody who was very heavily in the kind of dot net world and then you know just through pairing uh you know uh through you know several weeks has picked it up and um you know so yeah if you if you want to get interested in it um you know we'll probably be hiring uh later on this year or early next year for sure i'll have a few spots open on my team i love it Cool. Well, can you share a little bit about your pathway into technology? I know it's a little um, non-standard from the you know the computer science, then <laughs> then straight into a, a developer role. Um, so I'm curious to hear. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of give you my my kind of a bridge background. I um, started working at Best Buy. Oof, this dated me now, almost 20 years ago, and um, was working in the computer department. You know, really loved computers at that point in time. I built some of my own and stuff like that. I was like, well, I'll go sell computers at Best Buy. Uh, that was right when Best Buy um, joined up with Geek Squad. Um, uh, they were kind of dating and, you know, forming a little bit of a partnership that, you know, we now see today and loved it, uh, wanted to do it. So did everything I could to, you know, teach myself and and be able to get on, you know, the Geek Squad, did that and then did did various roles for them. You know, while I was doing Geek Squad, I, I really found a, a passion for, you know, helping others in their careers and developing others and, and so that kind of led to managerial roles that led to some corporate roles with with Best Buy and Geek Squad, where I was kind of helping figure out better tools, processes, hiring and things like that. And um, got to spend some time with them over in China and that I was working in a lot of systems, too. And um, so my last few years at, at Best Buy and Geek Squad, um, I was touching a lot of our systems and tools and beta testing like scheduling systems figuring out how to like blow up bestbuy.com and geeksquad.com to like be one you know website that kind of had one experience versus they were super disjointed and really really fell in love with that side of the world of software mm -hmm. started getting into that more and um you know at the time i had a, a former colleague go to a company called nerdery which was, you know, their headquarters is actually just down the street from Best Buy's headquarters in in uh, Minnesota, and uh, they, I, I generically applied and was just like, hey, I'm not an engineer, but like I love what you're doing and I love people management. If there's ever synergies in the future, um, hit me up. And I think like a year later, they reached out and uh, they said they were, you know, putting a, a ton of force in in building um, an office in Chicago. And they needed somebody to come down and be the people manager for the engineers, but also wear whatever other hat was needed because they had a bunch of people here, but not a lot of managerial type folks. So it was kind of like whatever hat is needed, come down and, and do that. So I moved down um, from Minnesota for that and was just super fortunate while I was there to just go to school in software development. My core job originally was just be like the HR manager for engineers. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, while I was there, went to like an online uh, boot camp and 
um, had one of my engineers be my mentor because we had a good mentorship program there. Uh, went through and took our coding challenge that you have to take to pass there, actually hopped on some projects. And yeah, I just was fortunate enough there to be surrounded by a lot of um, really talented engineers and have a company that was like super supportive and and letting me kind of grow and kind of take my own path. And so kind of just through osmosis and drinking from a fire hose for several years, uh, you know, just went to school and in, in uh, engineering and super grateful for that experience. Yeah. And then, um, Jumped to another another consulting firm uh, called Inspire Eleven. Um, you know, very similar to Nerdery, kind of just another consulting firm. You know, building lots of cool products for companies. And you know, I, I when I was looking for a new gig and trying to figure out what was new for me from Nerdery, you know, I had said you know maybe not another consulting firm, but um, you know, Inspire Eleven was was a really cool company. Um, and uh, so I went there. And I, I just learned what I knew, and that was I really wanted to go somewhere where I could build a, a product and just like watch it grow. Like in the world of consulting, um, you a lot of times you get to build the really cool thing, or you come in and you're firefighting. Um, you know, at the end, uh, very rarely do you get to build the really cool thing and then maintain it. We had several of those customers at both, but that's why what wound me up at a at a claimant was I wanted to go somewhere where I could, you know develop a team while also help develop a product and watch it go through the many, many lifestyle, many, many life cycles, uh, that it, that it takes to, uh, get a startup product, uh, you know, uh, off, off the ground and, and continue to gain customers. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, I, I think it's, it's almost similar to a lot of folks who've gone to a boot camp, right. And then switch careers. Um, cause often they, you know, they have this, this past experience and they're trying to pick something up quickly and then they land in this new role, but you're basically in the new role while also learning this other side of it, right? Like you had the people management skills and now you're picking up the, the engineering skills. And that, that's, I think a really interesting path. Yeah, it was, it was a fun path. And like I said, super grateful to, to the folks at nerdery who kind of let me grow on the fly. And, you know, if any of my former engineers are, are hearing this, uh, super grateful to, to all of them for, you know, sometimes dealing with uh, my many, many questions of, of the whys behind it. Um, you know, I remember, you know, just early on conversations when I started there of like, you know, what's the difference between Java and .NET and PHP? And, you know, and then you get into like content management systems within PHP and just, and, you know, within .NET and, and, and it, yeah, I mean, it was, I remember sitting in rooms for hours with with some of our leaders and engineers where they're like mapping everything out. And yes, I just was got got put into a really uh, really lucky spot where I can kind of got to flex my day job as the the people manager, but then you know um, on nights and and weekends got to drink from a fire hose and and just learn about everything that we 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 were doing. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, well, can you share a little bit about interviews you've done um, recently or since joining Acclaimant? Yeah. So kind of how, how um, my role, my role's kind of uh, ebbed and flowed since we've, we've been here as I've kind of wear, worn all the different hats in recruiting. When I, when I started, we were working with a, a third party recruiting firm because we had a bunch of roles open. Then, we, you know, our contract kind of ended. And so my role there was to be kind of the shepherd between our recruiting team, uh, the third party team. Uh, then for several months, um, when we didn't have a lot of roles open, I, I wore the hat of, I was the recruiter. I was doing the outreach. I was the one managing all the flow. You know, we use levers. I was the one managing all the intake of, of applicants and, and all of that. Um, and then most recently, um, thankfully, 
uh, we hired um, our, our first full-time uh, recruiter. She's amazing. Um, and so kind of how our process now looks is, you know, she's the one doing the, the resume reviews. Occasionally will we'll tag me and be like, hey, what do you think? Should I, you know, are they worth me, me spending time meeting? Um, she'll do that initial phone screen. Uh, and then we do like a combo of the manager interview slash a little bit deep diving deeper technical um, mm -hmm. where I'll kind of throw out questions around like, you know, um, you know, what do you like about React? What what tools and libraries are you using? Just dive a little bit because I know enough about the things that we use to be dangerous. Um, and then if if it if it goes good, well from there, we'll pass them on to a technical tool called CoderBite. Um, and then after that, um, they'll meet with our engineering team who reviewed their code, which is kind of a build on from that. And then after that, we're talking job interview or job offer. Um, you'll, you'll have one final meeting where you get to meet with our CTO. Um, but that's kind of our, our process in a nutshell. And really what I hone in on is, is really the soft skills and making sure, you know, they're going to be a great, um, I, I don't use the term fit. I use the term culture add. Um, I'm a big believer in making sure we're adding people that have difference of opinions and thoughts and all that to our, to our team. Um, so I make sure that they're going to be a good culture ad because I actually feel like the those soft skills are are in my opinion harder to teach and coach somebody, especially the the longer they've been in their career, the more kind of set in your ways you can be. Um, whereas like the technical skills, especially because and we'll get into it maybe a little bit more since we're built on pairing here, um, those technical skills and learning our product are a little bit easier because you, you know you're pairing with other engineers. Um, so I definitely really hone in really hard on making sure we're adding the right people to the team um, versus versus the the technical skills first. Yeah. So with you, it's it's some basic technical questions around like, okay, do you do you know these things? And asking some questions actually check do they know these these specific technologies, and then um, more behavioral type of evaluation that that's your specific focus. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So on the technical side, an example uh, question that I would give is I dive into like their functional programming um, experience since you know closure being a functional programming language. So I kind of dive into that a little bit, you know, gauge their understanding um, around that. You know, I then dive into kind of their technical um, processes uh, stuff. So like, you know, have they used GitHub and, you know, understand that kind of flow? Um, you know, have they used tools like, you know, Jira or some sort of like project management tool where they're kind of like managing their workflow? Do they understand how to like deploy an app, that kind of stuff? Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I really get into like, what does their team dynamic look like? Are, are they working with a product manager, or product owner, project manager? Do they work with designers? Do what, how many other engineers are they working with? Um, you know, what does their code review process look like, you know, um, at their current company? Um, really kind of going through those inner workings of like all those things that have to happen because you can't just, build a product solo and it goes out, there's all this collaboration that has to happen with other teams. So I really focus on that. And the, the three things that I kind of look for are curiosity. Um, I look for people that like are avid learners that are gonna stay up and you know, they're scratching their head at night, like, oh, how can I fix that? Not that I say I want you to stay up at night, but like those people that are like, oh, I gotta figure that out. You know, I look for people that are, that are really driven, um, that help us get things to the finish line. And then um, I look for people that that are just that have good ethics and 
specifically in our world, um, you know, we're dealing with a lot of sensitive data. Um, so, you know, I kind of just chat through with them, um, you know, around, you know, um, some things like that, just making sure, you know, we got to hire people that are going to be ethical just because um, being in the safety OSHA, you know, in that world, um, there's a lot of personal data that's out there. And of course, we have a lot of security behind it. But, you know, I just want to make sure that the people that we're hiring are going to treat that data as if it's their own. Um, and we're going to do everything we can to uh, to protect that data um, for our customers. Yeah, that's great. I, I think that's a, the point that's often not emphasized enough, right? Some type of ethical, at least asking around it or trying to get an idea or a feel for it, right? Like I think sometimes it's it's almost the last thing that people think about, right? Like if they can code, get them in, right? <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, no, I mean, for us, I mean, data is, I mean, data is, our, is a huge part of our app and a huge part of our job. And, um, you know, we got to be extra, extra careful with it. Yeah. Well, I'm curious in the past when you've been in interviews, um, how do you think you've done? Are you really good at interviews? Not so great at interviews? Depends on the interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, you know, um, I definitely early on in my career, um, you know, I would say like everybody probably fumbled through interviews. I would say now I, I, I would say I'm in a pretty, I would say I'm probably pretty, pretty good. Um, but part of that is, you know, when I was looking for a new role after nerdery or looking for a new role after inspire 11 is, um, I applied at a lot of companies. I mean, there are so many cool product companies out there. Um, you know, and, and with my background being rather different, you know, you gotta, you gotta shoot your shot quite a bit to get, you know, a, a, a bunch of bites actually not to go too down the rabbit hole, but I had a, my former, um, CEO at, at nerdery, um, I met with him and he gave me like a really good advice where he was like, think of it like a sales funnel. He's like, how many resumes do you have to send off to get how many first interviews and how many of those first interviews? And, and he's like, so if you in the end want three job offers, he's like, start doing the reverse funnel back. And, you know, so I think I had a spreadsheet, you know, in my last job search where I probably applied to a hundred plus companies. And it wasn't like I just was rapid firing. Like I, you know, looked at the job description, made sure, you know, I was a, a decent fit in, at least in my eyes. Uh, so it's just a lot of experience. And I guess, so advice I'd give folks there is, um, practice makes, makes perfect, you know, um, apply for as many jobs as you think you're, you know, um, you're going to be, you know, a good ad for, you know, sometimes you're going to get it. Sometimes you won't move forward, but the more you can get out there and flex that muscle and get comfortable, you know, talking uh, about yourself, because uh, most of us don't like to do that. Um, it, it's hard for us to do. So the more you can get out there and, and practice it, um, the better. Uh, and you, you never know, you might apply at a company where you're like, oof, that wasn't the coolest thing on paper, but then you interview with the team. And, you know, because some some startups maybe put a lot of focus on their on their product, mm -hmm. but their website and all of that you know, don't look as, as cool and as awesome as the product that they sell to their customers. Cause you know, a lot of startups, that's the, that's like the secondary tertiary thing yeah. that gets worried about is like selling to your, you know, your recruiting candidates. We're in the middle of, you know, trying to, to fix that in, in our company. But yeah, I mean, if you go to our careers page currently, you're going to be like, Oh, that's not much different than most I'm going to see. 
But, you know, once you get into the interview and you talk with our team, you know, I would bet you more often than not people, once they, they chat with their team are like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta move forward. When I was recruiting full-time, it was a, a regular battle or a struggle where I would just try to convince people like, take the first call with this manager, right? If you hate them, then that's fine, right? But it's <laughs> a half hour of your time. I can't tell you how many times people are like, fine, I'll go talk to you. And they weren't always the coolest sounding companies, right? Even the, you know, sometimes they're name brand companies, but you know, I don't want to name any specific company names, but yeah. maybe they're not the most exciting name brand sounding companies, right? But people would have that conversation and go, oh, I didn't realize they were doing X, Y, and Z, right? And I'm like, yeah, there's actually yeah. some interesting stuff there, right? That's why they have 400 engineers who are all pretty good, right? So. Yeah, no, there's definitely, you know, some larger companies out there where, um, you know, you know the logo and you're like, oh yeah. But then, you know, you get in there and, you know, they have teams within their company that are, you know, revamping their entire product behind the scenes or, you know, testing new tools and, and, and technologies and stuff like that. And, um, so on the surface it's, it's, yeah, it's, you know, not to get back to an old term, but yeah, you can't judge the book by, by the cover sometimes, especially with technology teams, because yeah, the brand might not be the, the coolest, you know, outside, but then on the inside, like the problems that you're solving, um, you know, are, are really cool. I mean, I go through that with engineers that, that interview with our company, they're like, yeah, on the surface, building a tool that is in kind of the insurance, finance, risk management space, they're like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, that's not like the, you know, right now, everybody's probably like, oh, I want to, you know, well, maybe not now, but like a few months ago, if we were talking, people were like, oh, I want to go to somebody that's Web3 and and they're talking crypto and NFTs and and all of that, because that's like what's cool and what's hot and what's fun, um, you know, but uh, I then as we talk to these engineers, they're like, wow, like the the problems and stuff that you're trying to solve are um, are really cool, even though on the surface, you know, it's not like the flashiest company, but we're solving really, really cool problems that not a lot of people have tried to solve. And so they get to be the pioneers out there trying to figure things out that nobody's ever solved before and you're solving it for you know tens of thousands of users that have struggled with paperwork and all this stuff for you know we have clients that have been in this space for 30 40 years um, and have dealt with the madness of paperwork forever and you know we're now removing that for them yeah my my like midwest hot take is that the chicagoland area is like a, a hotbed for companies that are pretty cool from a technology standpoint that are solving really uncool problems, right? Like that's <laughs> what I see like a lot. And I yep, actually think people yep. in the Midwest are more okay with going to work for, you know, OSHA tax claim software because they know that versus, you know, maybe you're in the Bay area and you're like, yeah, but look how cool our company looks. It's like, yeah, but you deliver X, right? Like not, yeah. not to prove all those companies too much, but I do think that you see a lot yeah. more of that in the Chicagoland area. And, and it's because people go, oh, there's, there's interesting work here, despite maybe, you know, the tagline of what our company might be, yeah. might not be all that interesting to my neighbor, right? Agreed. Agreed completely. Agreed completely. And I think that just goes with, I mean, you hit the nail, the nail on the head with uh, just the Midwest. I mean, that's just kind of the it's a culture that that roll up your sleeves, you know, tie your work boots type, you know, um, mentality that we have here is people just get down and, and do the work, even if it isn't the, the 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 coolest thing to to work on. We just, you know, have to get the work done. 
Yeah. I, you mentioned um, about your job search that you had, you know, a whole slew of companies that you had applied to. And I, I've thought a lot about that same, same idea of that sales funnel, right? If you're applying for jobs and like work your way back. Um, and so I worked at a coding bootcamp for a number of years where I helped build the outcomes department. And I used to tell people it took on average for our, our, um, recent graduates, eight interviews at different companies. So like interviewing at eight different companies to actually get one offer. Right. So I was like, okay, if we know that, yep. and then I have, I don't remember the numbers anymore, but I had rough numbers on how many um, jobs they had to apply to, to get those eight interviews. Right. And I was like, so here's our number. Let's just start working towards that. Right. And what I found in my career and what I've done over the last couple of years is anytime there's a company I'm interested in, I go, Oh, okay. I'll just add that to a list. Right. So then when it comes time to do a job search, I've got, maybe got 50 companies already that I go, well, over the last couple of years, I've decided this is appealing to me for some reason. Let's go check. Right. And if let's say 25 of those are hiring at any given moment for my role, it's okay. Well, there's a huge chunk of my outreach that I've already done, right. Kind of passively over the last couple of years. So um, that's, I think that's one way to make that job search seem less daunting, right. Especially if you're like, we got to get at bat a lot of times. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think the other thing I would add to that is, you know, there's tools out there like, like built in is always a huge one for me, you know, every year, you know, they're curating, you know, the, the top companies to, to work at and, and, and cool companies to work at. And you can kind of go and there's, there's numerous other platforms out there that, that are good to help with your research. But that's always a place that I start is I just, look at built-ins, you know, top 100, you know, tech companies to work for. And I just start looking at, you know, you know, are they hiring? And then, you know, you have to, you know, I always tell folks, you have to kind of have, um, you know, what are you looking for in the company? Because it might, like we were just talking about, it might not, might not be like the coolest thing that you're, you know, logo that you're going after, but like, you know, um, what do you care about? For me, it's, you know, I care a ton about the company's culture. Um, you know, I ask them around like their diversity, equity, and inclusion plans and, mm -hmm. and what, what their focus is there. Um, you know, I, I care a lot about like the people that I work with. So, you know, I was going through my interview process at a claimant and I actually got to the end and they were like, yeah, we're ready to hire you. And I was like, can I just meet a bunch of people at the company? Cause like, I just want to know, to me, I just want to know the people that I'm working with, like, I'm going to enjoy, you know, being on Zooms with them all day, mm -hmm. all day long. Like, are they cool? Are they fun? Are, you know, are they unique? Um, and, you know, fortunately, they they hit all on all those things in, in spades. And, you know, I've had a, a great first year with them. But yeah, so I, that's what I always tell people is like, what are you looking for? It doesn't always have to be the the shiniest product, the shiniest logo. But like, what are those things that are like non-starters for you that a company has to have? And fortunately, there's a lot of tools out there um, like Built-in that can tell you, yeah, we have a DEI um, plan and, you know, things like that, you know, um, talk about the, the office culture or non-office culture, you know, depending on what you prefer. And then you just kind of have to just apply and, you know, maybe it comes from my wanting to be in in after days where you know I just got really good at getting denied a lot um, but that's when you're starting off as a software engineer or really you know I watched my wife you know go through this a few years ago and you know and she was getting out of school like um, you just have to have that thick skin and and know that you're going to send out a lot of resumes you're going to get a lot of just full on ghosting where they don't even have a good ATS that responds to you saying, Hey, like we got your resume and, you know, and like 
a lot of people don't clear you out to where you get that denial email and things like that. So you're just like, have all these open companies in limbo, but you kind of just have to, you know, shoot your shot, send it out there. And, you know, uh, hopefully a few of them bite. And then, like you said, you have to have X amount of uh, interviews to then, you know, lead to an offer. So, you know, in your case, like you said, eight, eight interviews to one offer, you know, I was, I think that's kind of what mine was as well, but I wanted to have multiple, you know, mm -hmm. so you have to, you know, multiply that number by however many offers you want to, you want to have, but you just have to know, I mean, there was probably 30 or 40 companies that I just never even heard back from. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because eventually you then end up hearing from them like down the line where it's like somebody finally started going through their candidate tracking system, um, you know, uh, months later and I was like, oh yeah. And, you know, and you know, you, again, you just kindly respond to them and like, Hey, I have a gig, but like, keep me, if keep me in mind, maybe it may in the future, maybe them ghosting you that long tells you something else too. But to me, it's, it's always just keeping that door open. Like I know mm -hmm. as an engineer, especially you get a couple years in your career, you're probably get blown up on LinkedIn. I'm actually of the camp of, if that person did at least a little bit of research and I know they didn't just copy and paste, but they did a little bit of research on who I am, my experience, et cetera, I'll always respond. And I'll just, you know, it might just be a, Hey, thanks. Um, I'm not interested right now cause I'm super happy, but like, you know, I appreciate you add me on LinkedIn. Let's keep in touch. You know, you never, you just never know because maybe they're not at that company, but in the future they're at another company. Like, the world of tech is huge, but also incredibly small at times because yeah, yeah. you'll you'll cross paths with so many people um, so quickly. Uh, down I don't the line. know. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but I have my, my two tips for dealing with recruiters on LinkedIn um, because you probably you know anyone who's got software engineers going to get a ton of messages with some of them being relevant, some of them not. But if you have a side project, say a podcast about technical interviews or really any project, uh, I just send them back that link and say, Hey, if you like and subscribe this, we can talk more. Right. So there's one way it's free marketing for you. And it's pretty easy if you got a little text expander. Um, but two, if you don't have anything like that, right. And you just, you do actually want to stay in touch with people or um, as a recruiter, what was hard was, you know, I had to send a lot of stuff out and I would try to make sure someone was relevant, but you can't always tell, right? A sparse LinkedIn page or, you know, this job is looking for functional programming. They might like, it says closure on their LinkedIn, but not in any of their jobs. Like, I don't know. Right. So they're going to get a yeah. message rather than not get a message Um, with those, those types of people, even if it's a little bit relevant or not relevant, I see you can always list out, Hey, I'm pretty passive or I'm happy right now. Um, but if I was going to look at something new, this is what it would look like. Right. And have like just a couple little bullet points, like be remote, um, has to be Ruby on rails, full stack JavaScript with react. Um, and probably this, this comp range, right. Um, happy to chat if you have something that, that looks like that specifically. Right. Like that's my little text responder that I sent back and 85% of recruiters don't respond at all. Right. Um, and the 15 yeah. that do, um, you know, probably 5% of them say like, Oh, you know, I don't have anything like that. And that last 10%. Okay. We've got several messages in now. They've actually proven that they're at least responding and looking at my page. Right. And they might have something interesting. Cool. That's the person I like, I'm going to have a little bit of a relationship with them. When I go to look at my next job search, reach out to them, or if there's things appealing enough, like I might actually talk to them about it. Right. So I think it's yeah. a way to like actually kind of build some of those relationships without having to spend a ton of time. Cause you can basically copy and paste those messages in. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, no, uh, 100%. And there's, you know, there's also ways as a recruiter that you can um, build that in. So like when I was doing candidate outreach, um, I had a template that I used in uh, Lever, but I had some fields where it was like an empty note field where before I would send it, it'd be like, hey, Greg, reminder, you need to write one line that like is specific to this person, but it still helped me like automate it a little bit. On the flip side, I'm pretty sure this is still um, a function of LinkedIn, but also what you can do uh, is if you're just not interested, hit the not interested button because what that does for the recruiter is it gives them their LinkedIn mail uh, credit back by you saying no, which is just another thing that, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, a, a recruiter and you only have a, you know, you're a small company and you only have like 30 credits a month you're allowed to use because that's what your company can afford. You know, you can be just a, a good human to the world by just hitting not interested because then it gives them their one credit back. Um, so they can then reach out to somebody else, but. And those credits aren't cheap. People have it. They are not LinkedIn <laughs> recruiter. They are not for anybody who's had to before. Pay for a LinkedIn recruiter <laughs> account. It's it's not cheap. Uh, it's, it's not cheap, incredible. and the price always goes up. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, any other um, tips or advice for for engineers who are going into interviews, or maybe preparing for interviews? Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing I I would, a couple things that I always add to folks, you know, as you're going into an interview, and this could be earlier or later on is, you know, think about, um, you know, what you want to talk about, um, you know, every, at least most interviewers are going to say, tell me a little bit about yourself, like, that's your time to shine, say whatever you want say, you know, I love when people talk about themselves as a human, you know, like I always tell people like, I'm like, for fun, I love to, you know, I love to travel. I'm a super nerd. I love to go to comic cons. We have a dog that's basically our child, you know, go on to, to all of that. So like, think about what their elevator speech is. If they're not, if they get nervous, I always recommend just like write down on a notepad, like what are your bullet points of like what you want to make sure you talk about and maybe you get to it in your elevator speech, maybe you don't, but like go through and say, this is what I want to talk about. Cause at the end they'll be like, is there anything more you had? I'll be like, oh yeah. Like there's this thing I wanted to make sure I talked about. Um, and then on the other end, always have questions prepared. You know, um, most people are going to say, what questions do you have for me? Um, and have just have some thoughtful questions. You know, if you got to that point, um, or, you know, you can have generic questions too. You can, you know, say, you know, what has kept you there? You know, I, I would look at you, Taylor, and be like, hey, you've been there for a couple of years. Um, why have you stayed for two years? Uh, you know, um, but just do a little bit of prep on, you know, having some questions uh, there. Um, but I feel like as you, if, if you think through that, it, it gives you a lot more confidence. And then when you do that elevator speech in the beginning, um, most people, once you get them comfortable talking about themselves, the, the like the relax like they re, the, like their tension goes down by so many points um so on the flip side for interviewers uh give people that time up front you know get them talking about themselves um i always do ask the question if they don't say it i'll say hey what about yourself outside of work i'm like share whatever you feel comfortable sharing like obviously i'm not going to be like do you have a wife and kids like that you that's hr no no but you can just say, hey, what are you comfortable sharing? And I always 
do do in my elevator speech say that first as the hiring manager mm-hmm. that way they kind of get an idea because i'll be like hey i like this and this and then hopefully that but again you kind of um, lower the guardrails up a little bit from that candidate because they're like oh yeah like i live in chicago and i you know i love cycling and and bubble and you know and, and you just start to you find other things maybe that you're, you know, um, that people are interested in and, and passionate about. And maybe it extends your interview by five, 10 minutes because you'll be like, oh, you're super nerdy about Harry Potter too. All right, well, we're going <laughs> to rip on that for like a few minutes before we get back to the actual interview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. It is great advice. And, and I think so often people are hesitant to bring in um, maybe stuff outside of work or, or their personal interests, right. That aren't directly related to technology in some way. But I, I, do you think at the end of the day you're you're interviewing at a company, but the company's hiring you as a person, right? They're not hiring just a skill set. They're trying to hire a, an individual, right? Um, so being able to display that in the interview, I think, is so important. And I've heard lots of stories of recruiters saying, like, I really was like having trouble connecting with this person. And then they told me that they, you know, like I asked them, like, do you have any side projects or something like that? And they told me about this this little concert um app that they built, and they actually like helped start meetups for like these concert groups that people were going to. And all of a sudden we were in a 30 minute conversation about like <laughs> bands that they love. Right. And it's like, and this person went from basically just being like another candidate I had to talk to today to like, Oh, this is like my favorite candidate of the week. Right. And like, I'm, I'm expediting their process. And I'm not saying this is the only reason that you should share that stuff. Yeah. Right. You're not necessarily trying to get the leg up, but it does help you stand out from what is it, a lot of other people. Right. If you actually had a meaningful conversation with someone and you shared something outside of, you know, I, I like, co- I like closure, right. Like that's, <laughs> That's it's not a lot to grab onto when you're looking back at the 15 candidates you talked to last week, right? Yeah, no. And I, I mean, we'll probably get into it a little bit more when we do the resume review, but like so many people have like so many interesting paths that have gotten them to where they're at. Like I was interviewing uh, a recent boot camp grad several years ago and we got into some of his interests. And one of their interests was they're really into like old Egyptian, like culture, history. And I forget what it was, but like, he was like one of like 20 people that can read this ancient hieroglyphic language. And I, I one, I found that super interesting. Um, and we dove into that a little bit, but two, I was like, dude, you're telling me that you're like one of 20 people that can read these like hieroglyphs and you're just starting to learn JavaScript. I'm like, you need to learn, lead with that because JavaScript is just another language. I'm like, if you can decipher this super ancient language that almost nobody knows how to decipher at this point in time in our history. I'm like, I promise you, you're going to be able to pick up JavaScript just fine. So like, you know, add that, you know, and I, we unfortunately weren't able to hire him, but I definitely was like, dude, add that to your resume, add that to your talking points, because, you know, it is definitely way harder for you to go learn that than it is for me to take you on as an entry level engineer and teach you the basics of, of JavaScript. There's a meme in there somewhere, which is if you can read, you know, this ancient um, cuneiform language, you might just barely be able to understand our code base, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll say yeah. my very code true. base, right? My code. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very true. Very true. No, we all have those legacy areas of our code base that we get into and we're like, uh, 
why did we do that two years ago? <laughs> okay, it's time to refactor that. And I hope when I refactor it, I don't break everything. <laughs> uh, before, so so um, we we talked about this early on, um, but we're going to do a resume review in the second half rather than a technical interview. Um, before we take our, our break and then move into that, um, any interviewing horror stories that you're willing to share um, that maybe people can relate to and say, well, you know, Craig got through this and he's in a great manager role now, I can get through it too. <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, you know, I, I think I'm trying to think through, um, you know, horror stories. I, I, I think, I don't know if it would be a horror story, but it goes back to maybe that like thicker skin that I was talking through earlier. And it's like, you know, in my interview process, when I, you know, I was interviewing for engineering leader positions at companies, like I got all the way to the point where with several companies, I was meeting their founders, their CEOs, like going through workshops and things like mm -hmm. that. And then would totally end up just getting ghosted like no sometimes no thank you for your time no um you're you you weren't the right person for this but like all you know like there was some really big logos um you know that I interviewed with that just ended up just fully ghosting and you know what I would just tell folks is is that happens to everybody, mm. no matter if you're you're early on in your career or you're you know you've been doing this like myself for far too long. Um, that happens to everybody, so just don't don't feel like it's just you, because um, I could definitely get I don't I I don't want to maybe go into too many details because it might point out some of the companies, but just wanted to share like we all have those experiences. We we all have. Um, you know, I have, I've had interviews even for higher up positions where I get there and it's the CEO of the company and they're super unprepared and almost look like they, they didn't even know they were having an interview with me until like five minutes before. And, or, you know, they, they're talking to me and they're clearly talking about another candidate's resume that they reviewed earlier. Um, just, uh, yeah, I think my horror story advice in there is like, it happens to all of us no matter how tenured you are in your career, no matter how much experience you have, um, we all have way more bad experiences than good. And, uh, you know, it's something that I tell, talk to people all the time about, and that's there, there are way more bad interviewers in the world than there are good interviewers. So I tell everybody, go in assuming that it's going to be a bad interview and you have to have all your points written down that you want to get across um because they might be a bad interview they might be having a bad day they might be super busy and flustered so it gets back to having all those points of what you want to um you know what you want to go through um in that in that interview yeah i love it i i guess i've never thought about that but that's something that i'm very um deliberate about when i'm interviewing is like okay this is a these are the things I want to make sure that they leave this conversation knowing about me, or at least I've said them. Right? Hopefully they tell yep. them in. Um, but at least I've made these points because I, just as a person who's done, I don't know, probably a thousand plus interviews is it is easy as the interviewer, the more you do to just kind of get into your routine of like, this is my standard interview. I'm going to walk through this and hopefully, you know, this works out well. Right. Um, so I think so many people are in that mindset and you almost got to kind of drag them out of it, right? And be like, let's actually have a conversation, right? Like, let's get to know each other. Um, in addition to, yeah, we'll check whatever boxes you need to check so you can fill out your feedback form. Let's actually make a lasting impact, right? Yeah, no. And I, I think we were talking about this when we were prepping earlier, but, um, you know, so many times, you know, we, we're all guilt, guilty of this. We look at a resume, we ask a couple questions in the interview and we're like, oh, 
as the manager, the, the interviewer, we're like, oh, they're probably not going to be the right mm -hmm. ad for this role. But what I always tell people is, one, you never know. Somebody might surprise you like that story you said earlier. But two, like you're still, this is a sales pitch for your company. Like the person is going to leave with some sort of taste in their mouth about your company. You, you know, want them to um, leave the company. You know, I always tell everybody that I'm training on interviews is, have everybody leave the interview going, I hope I got that job. And if I didn't, I need feedback on what I need to do mm. to where I can get that job. Because that is what I strive to is I want to go work at that company with those people because those people were awesome. Um, that's what I always tell people is like, leave them because I've actually had it happen before where um, somebody's interviewed with me and they're like, you know what, I definitely was not a fit for that. But I have a buddy that I told your company about and they applied and then we hired them um, because, you know, it, we're all interconnected and, you know, they might have not have been the right ad for that role, but they're like, oh, my buddy actually has four years more experience than me in this language. And, I, you know, I'm going to go let them know about it and hopefully they get the job and then down the line I get a job. <laughs> yeah. Well, even worse, you don't always know who's going in, you know, that, that situation is great when they say, Hey, here's someone that I'm sending to you. Even worse, if they go to dinner that night with their buddy and then go, Oh, let me tell you about this terrible company I interviewed with today. And that person tells another person all of a sudden you don't even know, but, um, one bad interview could lead to a whole bunch of people thinking, yeah, hey, I don't want to. Yeah. Work one there. bad interview could lead to them like attending a meetup that night that they tell like 50 engineers publicly about the bad experience that they had. They at they, you know, they, they name your name. And then all of a sudden, you know, those 50 people at the meetup are like, don't interview with that company. And then that, you know, it's like all of a sudden in Chicago, you have, you know, 500 engineers that are like, yep, never interviewing with that company, all because maybe you just had a bad day. <laughs> totally. Well, now that we've scared all the uh, managers watching, <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll move into the, the resume review. Awesome. Thank you for watching the first half of the Professional Technical Interviewee. The technical interview will be released one week from this episode, so be sure to subscribe to make sure you don't miss it. New episodes are released on the first four Thursdays of each month. Find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. And remember, keep practicing.